You're listening to a message from Highway Church entitled Revealing the Father, Part 8. Enjoy. Woo! I'm so glad you came this morning. You're not leaving here the same. This is a transformation booth. You come in, but you leave very different. God has one place for you to go, and it's higher, stronger, more life, more faith, more joy, more strength, more wisdom, more provision. And that's where we're going, higher, further, deeper, wider than ever before. God, you're so good. Thank you, Lord. God wants people to personally taste him to experience Him in their daily life. God wants people to be absolutely certain and sure of who He is, of what He's done for them through Christ, and of who they become through simple faith in Christ. So that's why we're here. That's why we do all of this, so that you can have access to the Word 24-7. You cannot get everything that God has for you by hearing a message once. You can't. It's just not possible. There's, you'll notice the Holy Spirit will speak to you while you're here, but if you'll go back and listen, and I don't always do it. Sometimes I'll do it if I'm showering or driving or doing something else. But boy, it's nice to sit, take, sit down and have your Bible with you and listen and to go through the Scriptures. Or as you're listening, make note of the Scriptures and go back and meditate on those. It will transform your life. So please make the most of your time and fill your ears with the good news concerning Christ, okay? So we're going to get back into the series that we were in prior to Father's Day and prior to Jen Tringale being here, back into revealing the Father. We may finish this today or next week, um, and then we're having a youth Sunday two Sundays from now, so the youth are going to take it. It's going to be fun. But we've, we were talking in our series about how zealous and passionate God is to reveal himself to people. I mean, he doesn't want anyone going through one more day without knowing how much he loves them, without personally experiencing his love for them. He is so passionate for this. It moves him to do things that he would not do otherwise. He wants to be your reality. Who he is, all that he's done for you, he wants he and all that he's done to become your reality. And I like how Jesus said it in John 14, 6. He said, I am the way and the truth. You know what truth means? It means reality. He said, I am the reality that you need. I'm the reality that you need. Jesus defined God for us. Jesus brought a new kind of reality into planet Earth. And he wants you to walk in it, experience it, enjoy it every day until he comes back. So when we put our faith in Jesus Christ, we're putting our faith in a new reality. A reality that's from heaven, not from Earth. And it's important to understand that because religion confuses this and turns faith in Jesus into a, a future thing that doesn't have any impact on you now. But Jesus is a present tense reality. And when you put your faith in him, you're putting your faith in I am the resurrection and the life. 
Jesus said the kingdom of God is within you. It's at hand now. So we study Jesus. We fill ourselves up with Jesus. The Jesus we find in Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and Acts. He is our new reality. Okay? He's our example of a man. He came to earth as a man, right? He was God, but he emptied himself of his godliness. He's our example of a man going through life from the cradle to the tomb, developing and growing in his faith in God, his Father. We looked at Luke chapter 2. We're not going to go back there. We're going to keep moving forward. But we saw Jesus as a boy at age 12 had already developed a habit of going to church regularly and listening to the teachers and asking them questions. And it says because of this habit in his life, it says that he grew in wisdom and stature and favor among men. Jesus became sure and certain of the Father's destiny for his life by hearing the Scriptures. Isn't that amazing? I, you, I kind of grew up to made to believe Jesus just kind of pow. He knew he was the Messiah, and he just did all these powerful things because he was the Messiah. But if you look at the Scriptures, he actually had to study. He actually had to go to the temple regularly and hear the Scriptures, ask them questions. The Scriptures said he grew. Yes. So Jesus discovered his destiny the same way you and I do, by hearing the Scriptures. It's amazing. It's a whole different way of looking at things. So we, we fix our eyes on Jesus. We look to, to, to him. We imitate him. Not his external appearance, but the internal attitude of his heart. We're on him. We look to him. We imitate him. Let's put Philippians 2.5 up there in the Amplified. I like how it says it here. It says, let this same attitude and purpose, and humble mind. What was Jesus' attitude? Father, I'm all about you. Remember he said that in Luke 2, age 12? I must be about your business. I'm choosing to make what's important to you important to me. That was his attitude. What was his purpose? To please the Father, to fulfill his destiny. What was his humble mind? He made the Father's priorities his. Right? Let this humble mind be in you, which was in Christ Jesus. So this is not automatic. We have to daily choose to grow in this attitude, to grow in this purpose, and to grow in this mindset. Right? We're not living life on autopilot. Don't do that. Don't expect the will of God to just automatically pop up in your life. Put your faith in Christ and declare it and demand it in your life. So many people are confused because they say, why did such and such happen? Why did so and so happen? Everything that happens is not the will of God in the earth. I know that's been taught, but it's not true. We have to actively grab a hold of Christ. We have to declare who he is and we have to enforce his kingdom in our lives because we're living in enemy territory. All right? Yeah, and Jesus taught us, we saw this in our last message in this series three Sundays ago, that he invaded Satan's territory. Go back and listen. It's, on our, it's the last message. I'm not going to go back into that. 
But in Matthew chapter 12, verses 24 through 29, Jesus talks about invading the kingdom of Satan. Where is the kingdom of Satan? Yeah, we're, we're standing on it. The earth. People think that's disrespectful or, or, or uh, blasphemous to say. No, Jesus taught us this. This is the kingdom of, of, of Satan. He's the God of this world. And Jesus said that he invaded Satan's territory. He also referred to it as the strong man's house to plunder his goods, to heal and deliver and to set people free. So we learned in our last message in this series, the earth is, is, is Satan's kingdom or the strong man's house, but the church is the father's house. So the father's house is plundering the strong man's house. We're, ta- we're, we're setting people free. We're bringing healing into people's lives. We're bringing them out of darkness into the marvelous light of Jesus Christ. It's important to remember we're in enemy territory. This is not our home. We're not clinging to anything in planet Earth. Heaven is our home. Man, that's that's when we're really going to party. That's when the, I mean, that's going to be a celebration. Satan will be bound. There'll be no more resistance to the will of God. The will of God will happen automatically. And as soon as he speaks, there'll be no interference anymore. I just can't even really imagine how glorious that's going to be. But until we get there, we're, we're moving forward in the authority of Christ. The Father needs people who understand this, who understand that Satan's the God of this world, who understand we're in enemy territory, and who move forward and take authority over their realm of influence. That's exactly. We're building people like that right here. That's what we're doing. We're building people who know their authority in Christ and who go forward speaking the word of God over their lives. That's what we're doing. We're building an army of believers that know who they are in Christ, recognize the territory that we're in, and plunder the strong man's house. So we finished our last message by talking about being in church. Now, we use that term church. That's a good term, but there's a lot of connotations with it. So I want to ask for your help to kind of, let's just forget the past, and we've all had different church experiences, all right? And, and I, I'm, a, I'm familiar with the Ecclesia and the true definition of the word, but I'm going to use the word church, meaning our corporate gathering. We are the church, right? Technically, we don't come to church because we are the church. The church are those who put their faith in Christ, the body of Christ. But nevertheless, you will see in the Scriptures, Old Testament and New Testament, God operated through His people. And there is always a corporate public gathering of His people for the reading and preaching of the Scriptures. You'll see it throughout the word, okay? That's what we do on Sunday mornings. This is our corporate time together. We leave our homes. We come together like Acts. They worshiped him. They brought offerings unto him, and they heard the word preached. And that's what we do. And why is that so important? Because I want to get out of the mindset. I had the mindset growing up, and, you know, I had to go to church. And church was was not a place I wanted to be. It was so boring. It was so cold. It was so ritualistic. It was so robotic. And I would just sit there in those hard pews and, you know, and get a whack. Of, oh, oh and then, you know. But I didn't sense any life there, any joy there. I sensed a lot of heaviness and 
obligation and we better come because our chances will be a lot better of getting to heaven if we come more regularly. That's not what I'm talking about. That's not what we do here. You, we don't have to come here. And we're, our heaven, heaven is secure for us, whether we come or not. We're not coming, we're not trying to get to heaven. There's no, there's no stairway we're trying to climb. We're coming here to, to eat Jesus. To fill ourselves up with the resurrection life of Christ. To grow in wisdom and faith and to go through the next level of glory for our lives. That's the church I'm talking about, all right? That's why it's so important to be in this atmosphere. This kind of church that I'm talking about, the Acts, Book of Acts Church, is God's ordained place for equipping his people. And I want you to know this as we're going forward because I want you to be able to, to use the tools that God provides for you. Let's look at Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11. Ephesians chapter 4. God wants you equipped. He wants you to have every tool on your belt that you need to do whatever you need to do on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday and even Friday and Saturday. It says, and he himself, that's Jesus, when he ascended, gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers. What are these? These are called, uh, often referred to as the five-fold ministry gifts. And I love what Jen said uh, two Sundays ago. These are not people. They're gifts that God deposits in people. Okay, you understand the difference? So uh, several of these are operating in my life. Okay, now what happened over church history, someone came along and said, well, the apostles, that's just the guys in Acts. You know, and, that, and there aren't those anymore. And prophets, well, there really aren't those anymore. And maybe there are evangelists and pastors. But no, they're all still, all these gifts are in full effect. There are apostles today. It's a gift. That God deposits in someone. There are prophets today. There's a gift, and that gets misused and misunderstood. The testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Amen. That's what it is. So if your prophet's not testifying of who he is, what he's done for you, and who you are in Christ, they're missing it. You can have one of these gifts and misuse it. So someone may have the gift of, of, of being a prophet, but not have a good, solid understanding of the character of Christ. Okay? And that's confusing when that happens. Because you have someone operating in a powerful gift, but their character doesn't go along with it. And people get misled. So on one, you have two different camps sometimes. One camp that says, well, these aren't all operating anymore, nor are the spiritual gifts in Corinthians 12 or, or the baptism of the Holy Spirit or speaking in tongues. And, 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 they, and if, you'll, if you'll fellowship with that, that bunch, it's, it's kind of legalistic kind of dry, you know, and, and we love them, but it's, it, it's missing the, the Holy Ghost presence. And then you have another bunch we, we call the charismatics, and I, I don't like to put myself in any category. I like the word charisma. It's a powerful word, but I'm just following Christ. I just take him at his word. If he did it, I believe it. I, I'm in the book of Acts. That's where I live. So you have this other camp where they're so excited about spiritual gifts but they've neglected their character sometimes. And boy, does that confuse people. All right? 
So we want to we be with Christ. We want to let God develop our character. We're going to see this in a minute here. And let the spiritual gifts operate in us so that, that they both go together. So people aren't confused. All right? Okay, let's go to the next verse here. For the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry. So there is work to be done, right? There's work to be done. For the edifying of the body of Christ. So what is this? So uh, for, let's just take, for example, the gift of an apostle or a gift of a pastor. Those are gifts in my life. What are those supernatural gifts? They're gifts that God deposits in a, in a man or a woman that enable that person to communicate the word of God to you in a way that it resonates inside of you. And it unlocks things inside of you. It rearranges things inside of you. It inspires you to think differently. We saw that in Paul, right? The letters he wrote. They were shocking. A lot of people had a hard time understanding. They still get distorted today. But he said things that just, what? He had a revelation given to him directly by Christ of the finished work and of righteousness by faith. So these gifts are put inside of people, and they're, they're men and women. I specify there are female apostles, male apostles, okay, in the Scriptures. And it enables them to unfold Christ to you through the Scriptures. And I, I didn't realize when I was a kid, and then I, even as a, a teen I started reading the Bible, things would just open up to me, like boom. And, and when you have it inside of you, you almost don't realize it until you start learning more and more what you've got. And I read a scripture and bang, 10 other scriptures, boom, 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 like that in, in 30 seconds, you know. And then, I, and then I'd hear, you know, people who'd study for 20 years and just realize that, you know. That's a gift. What is that for? To equip you, to build you up so that you can be strong and fulfill God's destiny. Okay, I'm not, I'm not promoting myself at all. We need to understand gifts. God puts these things in us to equip us. And as I understood this, I began looking for these gifts so that I could be equipped. And, and they're on my phone, the podcasts I listen to. You know, one of my favorites, Bill Winston, tremendous gift. He just says things in a way that just rearrange you. Like, what? You know? Yeah! You know, that's a gift. That's a gift. I love to listen to Joseph Prince. He says some things that will open your eyes. So we want to partake of these gifts. We want to grow in them. We want to utilize them. Look at 1 Corinthians uh, 9.16. Now, what are we doing? We're understanding church, okay? (laughs) The real church. It consists of, of worshiping. It consists of, of giving God our offerings, and it consists of being built up in the Word. Those are the elements of Bible church, okay? But I want you to see this. This is very deep. Because oftentimes, if you don't understand how God's church works, you, kinda, you, you might just think this is like a, I don't know, a charity or a nonprofit organization or someone trying to make a name for themselves or something like that. And the world doesn't understand this. But a television evangelist didn't come up with this, okay? We look at the scriptures. Look what it says. This is Paul, the apostle Paul. Now, he was not one of the original 12, was he? No. 
How did he become an apostle? Yeah. He was a zealous man for the law. He was a Pharisee of Pharisees, right? But thank God, God got a hold of him, and, and Paul listened. From the first time God spoke to him, he said, who are you, Lord? Right? Lord, right away. He wanted God. He was just confused. Okay? He was focusing on the wrong things. So here's him talking. He says, for though I preach the good news, I have nothing to glory of. For necessity is laid upon me. Remember we said when someone has a gift, apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher, it will unlock things inside of you that you may not even know are there right now. That happened in my life. I didn't know these gifts were in me. And the more I started listening to preaching, it just, what? It unlocked things inside of me I didn't even know were there. And boy, did things start making sense in my life. Oh, that's why I feel that way. Oh, that's why I do that, right? God will, will help you understand who you really are. So he says, I, for a necessity is laid upon me. Look at this. Yea, woe is unto me if I preach not the gospel. Boy, this just rings inside of me like. <laughs> Look at the next verse. For if I do this thing willingly, I have a reward. Now, there's nothing, you know, if you want to be a pastor or apostle, probably that's fine. If you want to preach the gospel, that's fine. But there's a deeper reality. If I do this thing willingly, I have a reward, but against my will. Isn't this amazing? If I preach the gospel, in other words, I don't choose to do this. It wasn't on my agenda. A dispensation of the good news is committed unto me. What is a dispensation? It's the action of distributing and supplying something. And I believe the Lord wanted me to share this now for whatever, for whatever he's doing in our midst and whatever he has for you. When I began to hear the word of God, the calling on, God, on my life was unlocked. It took years for me to understand it. And I had to be with good spiritual leaders in a good church that preached the finished work of Christ and, and serve in that, in that over years of time to really understand my calling. Now, I want you to listen. We want you to fulfill your destiny. So sometimes you may recognize a calling and you just want to step right into it. Okay, I've got a calling to do this. Here I go. Let me do it. It doesn't work that way. You won't find that in the Bible. Even Jesus took 30 years before he was ready. And he stepped up and said the time has come, right? He's unique in that sense. But you have to let God unfold it inside of you by the hearing of the word of God. And this ministers to me so much because this is totally me. Because I do not want to do what I'm doing right now. I don't. It wasn't on my radar. It wasn't in my list of goals. It wasn't on my career path or any of those things. But the more I listened to Christ and meditate on him, this thing just started rising up inside of me. So 89 to 97, 98, almost nine years, and it just got so strong inside of me, I knew I had to do this full time. 
All right? Now, this can apply, this, this deep unlocking of something doesn't have to apply to full-time ministry. It can be something else in your life. You might be in a field right now that you've been doing for many years. But the closer you get to Christ, something else starts unfolding inside of you, and you know a change is coming. But if you don't know what it is, don't do anything yet. Let it unfold. There will come a time, if you'll stay, keep walking with Christ, where it will become very, very clear what you have to do. Okay, very clear. But don't rush it. God's not in a hurry. Don't be impatient. Let him develop you. If you go out the door before it's your time, you're going to fall. you got to be fully equipped and ready to do what he's called you to do. It takes time. I'd rather spend time preparing for God's destiny for my life than rush ahead and try and force it and mess it up. The preparation time is the most valuable time. And that's the time people often want to rush through. I've got this gift, let me do it. doesn't work that way. There's character that needs to be developed. Strength, faith, wisdom, a depth of understanding that you need to be able to stand on when it's your time to go forward. Because the devil will challenge you. And you need to know exactly who you are and exactly what you've been called to do. Or you're not going to stand. So I really felt the Lord wanted me to share these things with you today for whatever reason. We're just going to follow that. So there are, underneath your known desires, there are these deep heavenly desires that God planted in you that will only be unlocked if you give your whole self to Him. This is fresh from heaven, I'm telling you. This is great stuff. I don't know where, I don't know if I've, where I've ever heard this. I'm telling you, God made us this way. He built heaven in you. We fell from that. We were born in the curse of sin. But when you put your faith in Christ, you're brought back into this God life. But if you don't give your whole self to him, there are heavenly planted desires you'll never know. This is no gain. We can't be 70% in on this. I'm talking about 100% Jesus. Where you, and I had to come to this choice in my life. God started speaking these things to me in the, the early 90s. And it was different than what I wanted or what I knew or what I understood about myself. But I said, God, I want you more than I want a, a career in this or a path in this. Or I want you. And the more I gave my heart to him, the clearer his path became. So sometimes people are struggling, show me what to do, you want to show me what to do. But they haven't really submitted. Give your whole self to him. Submit unto him. And most of the time, what the Lord asking at that time just requires a little shift, not a huge change. It's just a little shift in the way you think, a little shift in your focus. And over time, you know, it's a little shift here, it's a little shift here, and as you go, all of a sudden, you're facing a new direction. All right? This is good. So as followers of Christ, we give our whole selves to him without reservation. 
Our spirit, our soul, our body, our emotions, our resources, our finances, our talents, our gifts, our time, our family, our vehicles, our Xbox. Yeah. It's all his. Not because we're, we're guilty or trying to get to heaven. It's just we're so in love with him. We're so crazy about him. We can't get enough of him. So we just give it all to him. Now, if you'll come here regularly, if you'll listen to the podcasts, I guarantee you faith will begin to grow inside of you. Guarantee you. See, church was meant to be the God kind of church, a place where people are empowered to live by faith. Not to be confused or condemned or or check off all the things on, on someone's list, but to be empowered to live by faith just like Jesus did. Let's go to Romans chapter 1. How are we doing? Is this all right? We're just talking about the stuff way down inside of you that no one else knows about except God. We got to go all the way down to the center because you're you're so valuable. You're the only you that's ever going to walk on this planet. You're the only one. Don't get offended. Don't, Don't stop short. Go all the way with Christ. You'll be so glad you did. There's things inside of me now I realize I don't even know about yet. Yeah, 49 years old, been following Christ almost 30 years. And I'm realizing even in these past year, there are things inside of me he hasn't even unlocked yet. See, that's why we need to go all the way. Because there's things that that he can't unlock in you until you're 75. Yeah. It's a progressive revelation of Christ. The Bible's a progressive revelation of Christ. You see that? After the fall, the lights went out, right? When Adam fell, lights off, right? And from that moment on, it was a progressive revelation of God. And then Christ came. The light of the world was here, right? And then we see this revelation. And even after he ascended into heaven, we see in the epistles this revelation unfolding. There are things God has for you that are beyond what you even understand now. But we're going all the way. That's why religion is so trapping. It gets you in the, this is the way to do it. You can't do this, you can't do that. And you get stuck in this little box and you never unlock these things. We don't have any of that here. All right? You're free. Free to be you. Boy, this is good. I don't know if I've ever heard anything like this before. I really don't. This is fun to let the Holy Spirit unfold these things boy this is really good i'm listening as it's happening so <laughs> isn't that great Woo. so here we are in romans chapter one we're talking about being inspired things unlocking inside of you i like what jen tringale said we give you permission to rearrange the landscape of our lives i mean do you know any better interior designer than god Come on. I mean, Chip and Joe are great. But what about Jesus? Would you let Jesus design you? Rearrange your furniture? Redo your kitchen? Yeah. Yeah. 
There's some kitchens being redone in here today, right? Woo! <laughs> I'm not ashamed of this good news of Christ. That he made me. That I'm the only one he's ever made. That he has a plan and purpose for my life. That he came that I may have life and life abundantly. I'm not ashamed of this. It's the power of God. That brings salvation for everyone who believes. For the Jew first and also for the Greek. Verse 17, for in it, the righteousness of God, God's way of doing things, is revealed from faith to faith. There it is, progressive, right? We don't know all that we need to know about Christ right now. And you don't have to, but we do want to grow, right? You don't have to understand everything to enjoy it, right? I mean, I barely understand how my garden hose works, let alone my computer, but I use them both. And I, I get things done with them. <laughs> For in it, the righteousness of God. I mean, where does that water come from anyway that's coming out of my hose? It's just a thing on the side of my house. I turn on. <laughs> For in it, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, it's magic. The just shall live by faith. It's in my magical garden hose. You turn it on and water comes out. The just shall live. Here it is. This is how we live. So we live by faith. What is faith? Being sure and certain of who God is, what he's done for us, and who we are in him. This is how we live now. This is how we go through Monday. This is how we, how we do it, by being sure, by being certain of who he is and what he's done for us. Now, how does faith come? This is where we ended up before. How does faith come? Hearing. Let's look at that scripture. Romans 10, 17. So faith comes from hearing. There's no other way for it to come. Okay? There's no other way. There's no other method. Very important to understand that. This is how it comes. But the faith that comes is dependent upon the words you're hearing. Okay? Whatever you're hearing will produce faith in what you're hearing. Good or bad. Born as a principle. So whatever you choose to fix your ears on is what you end up having faith on. That's, right. That's why it is vital if you want to fulfill your destiny to listen to Jesus' messages, the finished work of Christ's messages. That's what we preach here. and That's why we recommend these different ministries because we know you're going to be getting the good stuff. Yeah. Right? Not every message you hear from a five-fold ministry gift is a good news message. Some just have a limited uh, religious in-a-box kind of understanding of God, and they preach from that. Now, to, one degree we, to some degree, we all have that. None of us have the full revelation of Christ. But my goal is to try and get as much of him as I can, and that requires a lot of changing in me, and that's good, right? So faith comes from hearing, and hearing by the word of Christ. Now, you may have an English translation, I said before, that might say, and hearing by the word of God. That's a mistake. Why is it a mistake? The Bible wasn't written in English. The Greek word there is very important. It's Christos. God can be a generic term that everybody uses. When you talk about the Christ, there's only one. You need to hear about the Christ. Hearing that God created the heavens and the earth, that, that may help you a little bit. But when you hear about Christ, 
that Jesus Christ laid down His glory and came to earth as a man and gave His life so that you would have life abundantly, things begin to change. So we need to hear the word concerning Christ. In fact, let's put a literal translation up there. I like this. It says, we, faith, so faith comes from regularly, consistently hearing the word concerning Christ. And I say that because hearing it once won't do it. Faith doesn't come from having heard it. It doesn't. It'll inspire you a little bit, but you have to keep hearing it. Listen, we're going to go all the way. We need to get where God has, has the destination He has for us. It is so important that you come with me on this. Hear it. Listen to it. Hear it, hear it, hear it. If you're hearing the word concerning Christ regularly, Sunday morning is not regular. That's once. Regular is daily. Hey, if I can get just 10 minutes of it, I'll grab it. Really? And now the best way to hear it is out of your own mouth. Really. That's your most important ministry gift is to yourself. So you speak it over your life. You speak it in your, in your time with the Lord. You speak it when you're driving to work. But also listening to someone with the ministry gift that can unfold things for you. So faith comes from regularly, consistently hearing the word concerning Christ. So if I'm not regularly and consistently hearing, faith is not going to come. Faith in what he's done for me. So if you want to walk in divine health, you need to be hearing regularly and consistently messages that teach you about the health that has been provided for you in Christ. Really. If you want divine wisdom, you need to hear messages regularly that teach you about the mind of Christ that's been put in you. Really. So we are very specific in what we listen to. We, because we want to go all the way, all right? Now, let's see here. Psalm 138.2. This is, this is how much, uh, this was the size of the premium God puts on his word. It says, I worship toward your holy temple and praise your name for your loving kindness and your truth. For you have magnified your word above all your name. This is how important, it is the treasure the Word of God is our treasure. If I've got that, I've got everything. You can take everything else away from me, even my garden hose, but if I've got the Word of God, I've got everything. So when we, we're talking about revealing the Father, taking on the Father's priorities, so being here in the the, the public presence of the ministry of the Word, man, that's paramount to us. I would drive as far as I had to drive to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Lord put it on our heart to start this place, but if we didn't, I mean, I don't, i just drive as far as I had to drive. I wouldn't care because I, I recognize how important what we're doing is. Yeah. And this has nothing to do with me. Right. We're talking about the, the way God set things up, all right? Okay. This is good. This is good, 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 good. So church, Bible church, was set up by God to be the place where people come to hear the word concerning Christ so that they can grow in their faith, okay? Listen, this is God's plan A, 
and he doesn't have a plan B. We're it. I had Jen again. That message was so timely for us, but she said again, God is depending on the body of Christ to preach the good news. They haven't done it like they should, as much as they should. They preached a lot of other things. Church, and don't get mad at me now. Church, it, the primary purpose for our gathering is for the good news of who Christ is, what he's done for us, and who we are in him to be preached. Primary reason. It's not to debate social issues. It's not to get the latest on the topic of the day. Churches get sidetracked where they become an extension of a news outlet. That's not what God designed the church for. What did Jesus talk about? The kingdom of God. What did his apostles talk about after he ascended? The kingdom of God. There are a lot of political issues in their day that needed addressing. But there's a greater reality. It's the kingdom of God. Let's get our minds back on the purpose of why we're here. The kingdom of God in the earth to plunder the strong man's house. This is so important. I'm telling you, this is Holy Ghost stuff. This is hot off the press. Wow. So we're a vehicle in the earth to bring people into the kingdom. The church, right? Now, are you ready for a doozy? God has chosen, he did this, television evangelists didn't. God chose preaching to save mankind. You don't believe me. Let's look in the scriptures. Let's go to the scriptures. 1 Corinthians 1.21. This is good to know where salvation comes from. How to, how to experience more Jesus. Look at this. For after that, in the wisdom of God... The world by wisdom, their own wisdom, knew not God. It pleased God by the foolishness of preaching. It is kind of foolish when you think about it from the world's perspective. From the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. Now look at the message translation. This is good. Since the world in all its... Ooh, what we got here? Where are we starting at? Uh, let's, we're going to get down to 21. Might be the next slide. To the next slide. Go to the next slide. There we go. Since the world, in all its fancy wisdom, <laughs> never had a clue when it comes to. I and mean, that's just the truth. It really is. Don't be offended. It's just true. The truth shouldn't offend us, right? We want to change. So fancy wisdom won't get you there, right? Never had a clue when it came to knowing God. God in his wisdom took delight in using what the world considered dumb. <laughs> Preaching of all things. Boy, this is good. To bring those who trust him into the way of salvation. It's not talking about heaven. It's talking about living life, experiencing the kingdom of God now. This was God's principle, God's method of doing this. So we, we appreciate it. We gravitate to it. We look for it. Uh, we, we want more of it. So Romans 10, 13. Let's keep going here. Talking about preaching now. God's, God's 
method of, of bringing salvation in people's lives. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. That's sozo, made whole. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him in whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? There's Ephesians 4.11. Apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. Okay? In verse 15, And how shall they preach except they be sent? When you're sent, it means you don't choose to go yourself. You're sent by someone else and told to go. That's what Paul was saying. I don't do this willingly. I've been asked to do this. Right? We want to be sent. Even as is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that bring the glad tidings of good things. So this preached word of God is a priority to us here. But we see it for what it is and we eat it. We recognize it. And many have traded the supernatural preaching of the word of God for little homilies. That are, that are socially acceptable. Right. So people come and they haven't heard good preaching. They get a little nugget of, of a fancy wisdom right. that doesn't offend anyone. But then during the week, they've got all kinds of counseling available to you. Yeah, we've got professional counselors. You can come in. What they're, what they're failing to realize, the best counseling you can ever hear is listening to the preached word of God. I'm telling you, when you realize this, you will not want to live your life without it. As this is, this is supernatural. I'm just trying to explain this to you so understand the depth of what we're doing here. When someone has a gift to do this, if you're listening, the Holy Spirit will begin explaining things to you about yourself. He'll fix things on the inside. You know, things that, that counselors can't fix. He'll rearrange things. He'll unlock things. He'll shine light in areas of your life. And he just does it like this. And, and it's just amazing. So this is such valuable time. Healing's happening right now. It is. It's healing. I mean, when you go to the doctor's office, you boy, have to wait sometimes for quite a while. So it takes time. So we're here. We're not rushing through it. But I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit's fixing things inside. But you, when you start understanding this and you're aware of it, man, you'll love listening to the Word. It's like this, this spirit realm connection to the counselor. Okay? That doesn't mean that everything a person says. I, I listen to the message. Some, we, we all make mistakes. But you'll hear. You'll hear it. You'll hear it in there. You have to spit out the sticks because we're all human. But you grab a hold of the Holy Spirit stuff. Now... Preaching is the fountain of the church. Good preaching. Jesus preaching. It empowers us to live victoriously. And good preaching will instill in you a consciousness of the righteousness you've been given. It will remove condemnation from your life. Right? Good preaching. Jesus preaching. It will, it will make you realize that we're, we are no longer sin conscious. Book of Hebrews, right? Because of what Christ has done, we're righteousness conscious now. And the way to overcome sin is not by thinking of sin, but by thinking of who you are in Christ. Okay? Hallelujah. All right, we're almost done here. I just love walking with him. I just love what he's doing. Each Sunday is different, isn't it? And I, you know, I do everything I can to spend hours and hours and hours with him during the week. But I'm telling you, every Sunday is different. It really is. Now, 
Let's finish up with this. Let's go to Luke chapter 24. I want you to understand what we're doing because it's going to increase. And I, we're, we're going forward. We're, I, God's preparing a facility for us. And we want you to know this is a place to bring people to taste Jesus. Okay? It was Mary. Okay, so listen to this. So Jesus is risen from the dead. This is so good. Can you handle this a little bit and then we'll be done? So Jesus rises from the dead. And you know, his, his own disciples didn't even understand he was going to do that. Even though he told them several times, on the third day I'm going to rise again. They weren't catching it, you know. So they are like bummed out. It's day three. Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary, the mother of James, and the other women with him. They told the apostles that he's risen. The gospel was first preached by who? Hey, yeah, Mary, right? Yeah. Now, they told the apostles, and look at the apostles' response. And their words seemed to them like idle tales. So it's twofold. You got to receive the word, don't you? You come to an amazing church, but if you're not receiving the word, it's going to be like a waste of time. It seemed like idle tales, and they did not believe them. Wow. So, <laughs> wives are loving this moment right now. They're loving this moment. <laughs> We're in trouble. Husbands are in trouble right now. Help us, Jesus. Help us. Now, later on, let's fast forward real quick. Let's get out of here while we still can. Later on, in verse 25, there are some disciples on the road to Emmaus. I don't know how to say it. Emmaus, Emmaus. Anyway, Jesus comes right up beside them and starts walking with them. But it says in the scriptures that their eyes were kept from recognizing him. Why? So, so he asks them a couple of questions, and they're like, where you been? Don't you know what's going on? Don't you know about Jesus of Nazareth? And we thought he was the prophet, and he's been crucified, and it's the third day. How did, where are you coming from? And he doesn't say anything. But then it says, he says, oh, foolish ones, and slow of heart to believe, all the idle words they were told, right? <laughs> to believe in all that the prophets have spoken. Now, verse 26, this is so good. Ought not the Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? They still don't know who's talking to him yet. Verse 27, and beginning at Moses, now it's believed that Moses was the author of the Pentateuch, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, and, and the, all the prophets, the Old Testament, he expounded to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. Why did he do this? Why were their eyes kept from recognizing Jesus? You think that would that would do it, right? <gasps> ah, it's Jesus! We're all set. Woohoo! No, that's not what they needed. They needed an understanding from the scriptures of who Christ was. It was more important that they saw Christ in the scriptures than seeing him face to face. And the same is true today. That's why we have apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. So that we can see Christ in the scriptures. I mean, what's better, to catch someone a fish or to teach them how to fish? Right? It's not, I can catch you a nice fish and make you a meal, but you're going to be hungry tomorrow. 
right? I, I, uh, uh, the ministry gifts are to teach you how to do this, to teach you when no one else is around how to receive the healing that belongs to you, how to walk in the victory Christ has provided for you. It's more important that you see Christ in the Scriptures than you would see him face to face. Hallelujah. All right, we'll stop here. Father, thank you for this time together. Lord, it's just fun to see what's going to happen next. <laughs> we love this time together. We just, I just think back over each week and the things you say and do. And Lord, we grab a hold of this, these precious times. This is not a, a um, shallow thing. This is not just something to pass. You are moving us forward in the destiny you've prepared for us. Holy Spirit, open our eyes more to see Christ in the Scriptures, to have that personal working knowledge of Jesus Christ, that we could apply the reality of Him to every area of our lives. Teach us, Lord. Great is our well-being because You are our teacher. Oppression is far from us. We will not fear. It shall not come near us. For the righteousness we have belongs to you. No weapon formed against us shall prosper. Any tongue that rises against us in accusation shall be silenced. Because the righteousness we have is from you. Thank you. At Highway Church, we want to help you grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ and experience the abundant life He came to give you. If you'd like to learn more about God's amazing love for you, please visit us at highwaychurch.us. You can email us at info at highwaychurch.us or message us via our Facebook page. Put your trust in Jesus today and taste and see how good He is.